Matthew chapter 13, if you have your Bible with us, we're going to just hit a couple of, a few verses, um, real short ones. I, I'm not doing this as like a huge chunk that I, that I try to do um, uh, a little more exegetical, even though, you know. Um, but anyway, just, some, just some, some really big thoughts about, some big talk about, um, about the kingdom of heaven and the rule of God over us. So uh, anyway, Matthew chapter 13, I love this parable. It's a parable in a verse, um, the, these two of them. We'll just read uh, 1344 today, though. You ready? Here we go. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought this field. Let's talk about that. Let's break it down just for a little bit. First of all, he's talking about here, Matthew refers to the kingdom of heaven a lot. Don't really know why. Maybe one of two reasons. Perhaps, you know, a lot of times some of the other gospel writers would write the kingdom of God. However, you know, if, you, if you're much of a, a student of the, of the Bible, you know that oftentimes the Jewish people didn't like to use the name for God. They thought it was too holy to be spoken, too holy to be written. So perhaps he was using the kingdom of heaven uh, to describe um, to describe uh, God that way. In other words, is using heaven as a figure of speech, referring to the God who rules in heaven. It's him that he's talking about. It's his kingdom. And uh, probably why he referred to it as the kingdom of heaven when some of the other uh, gospel writers refer to uh, some of these same parables. Not this one. This is only found uniquely in Matthew. Uh, but maybe sometimes where um, it's said by the other gospel writers, the kingdom of God. Okay, so let's talk about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. That's a reference to, that's a referring to not a place and not a realm. You know, we had um, the Schutz, Mike and Cheryl Schutz, who are our, um, our, our missionaries to Africa. They're now in Uganda, but they used to be in the kingdom of Lesotho. A, a physical kingdom or a kingdom that's ruled by a human king has borders and has, has a physical state here on earth. Jesus, of course, talked about himself, about him representing a kingdom. And he said, but my kingdom is not like what you understand. It's not a physical kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. And what he was referring to specifically was the rule and the reign of God. Uh, right? That's, that, that's God's kingdom. And it's his rule and his reign. Let me ask you just real quick. When you think of someone ruling over you, what does that make you think of? I'm sorry? Tyranny, yeah. Isn't that funny that here in the West, in particular in the United States, when you think of someone ruling over you, we think of tyranny, right? We, we think of, of a government that's out of control, and this is what we warred against a couple of hundred years ago, uh, that we said, we don't want. We don't want a King George, right? We don't, we don't want a European ruler. We don't want that European style of government. We want to, we want to self-rule. However, Right? And, and this is something that needs a little bit of fixing in, in our minds, but the, the rule and the reign of God isn't like that. Right? It, it's not a tyrannical reign. It, it's not a reign that says, I'm going to put you under my thumb and I'm going to tax you like what happened right in the 1700s. Um, and I'm going to tax you and tax you and tax you and take and take and take from you. It's not that kind of reign that says, I'm looking out for my kingdom. I'm not looking out for my people. In the kingdom of God is exactly the opposite. Right? What happened to you when you got folded into the kingdom of God? What happened to you? What was his rule and his reign like? It was like mercy. Right? It was like grace. It was the defeat and the conquering and the rule and the reign of God was like a rule and the reign and the defeat of sin in my life. Amen? It was, it was like the, the defeat of, of all that the, 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 the enemies of God and all the demonic powers had for my life and your life were thwarted by God's rule and His reign when He established His rule and reign over us when we came under the, the lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? All of that is the kingdom of God over us. We, we might refer to it differently. We might say that, that, that God's rule over us is 
his salvation. His rule over us is his redeeming work in us, where he's taking us from where we were in brokenness and sin and making us more holy and more like his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That is God's rule and God's reign over us. And instead of feeling like it's tyranny or oppressive, instead when you and I find ourselves under the rule and the reign of God, and specifically the rule and the reign of the Lord Jesus Christ, we rejoice. Amen? Right? Like, throw your hands up. I know you're stiff-collared folk, but yeah, we'd throw our hands up and rejoice at the fact that I am under the rule and the reign of Christ, and under his authority and his power, he's defeating and defeated sin and all the rebelliousness, all the corruption, all the, all the brokenness in my heart and my mind, and he's redeeming it all under his power and authority. That's a good kingdom to be a part of. Amen? Uh, I want that kind of power in my life. I want that kind of king. Amen? Uh, that, yeah, like uh, is said in uh, one of the Lord of the Ring movies, I'll follow that kind of king. I'll follow that kind of man. You know what I'm saying, Trey? You know what I'm saying? All right, okay. You know, Jesus, yeah, okay, let's go on. So that's the rule and the reign of God. And it's, it looks like for us, it, practically it's salvation, it's redemption. And thank God he's brought me and brought you into his kingdom. So, but Jesus, as he's talking about the parable, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven or the rule and the reign of God is like treasure hidden in a field. I love this parable. I, listen, I wish we could all get it. I've, this is a message I've tried to convey above everything else to my children. Is, is you know, right, you know, right from Deuteronomy, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Above everything else, I want them to remember this. This is the most important lesson I can teach my children. It's the most important thing I can impart to you as your pastor. Above everything else, treasure the Lord and his kingdom in your life. Uh, above everything else, it has value greater than anything else we could achieve on this, uh, in this life. Amen? It, it, it is infinitely valuable to know that your sins have been dealt with, to know that the things that you're ashamed of or embarrassed about have been put away forever, like Jamie was talking, separated from us, that God has trampled over our sin, and he's buried at, at the depth of the ocean where no one can claim it. No one can reclaim it, right? It is buried and gone, and to know that fact. But not all, that's not all, right? We have much more in the kingdom of God. We have much more than even the, just the, the, the difference of our sins being put away. We have much more than that. We have forgiveness of our sins. We have the righteousness, right, that, that Jesus took his righteousness and his holiness. And now when the Father looks at us, it's like Jesus' life is planted on top of us. And when God looks at us, he sees us as though we were justified or just as if I'd never sinned. He looks at us and he sees his holy children. And again, like Jamie was talking this morning, and he said like, that we can go into the throne room, we can go into the Lord's presence, and we can be there because, of God, because Jesus Christ's holiness has been imputed upon us. His righteousness has been covered over us. And now when God looks at us, he sees nothing wrong with you and me. Amen? Isn't that amazing? He does not see our sin. He says, sees the life of Jesus Christ over us. But that's, again, not all. No, not only is it forgiveness, not only is it righteousness, it's, it's acceptance, right? It's that God knew full well we were, where we were when we were broken sinners, and he accepted us where we were, right? When you came to the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, mm, not yet. No, you need to go clean your act up and then come back and then I'll see. No, it wasn't like that, was it? When you and I came to the Lord Jesus Christ, he accepted us as we were, as the, as the version that we were at that time, and he's accepted us as who we were. And not only that, he accepts you still today, amen? In, in the Lord Jesus Christ, he continues to accept you today, even though you and I still struggle with sin, amen? 
right? There's at no point that he's like, you know what? I'm just giving you the boot. I'm tired of you not being able to get this. Listen, the problem was we could never get it. We could never do it right. We could never live under the Old Testament law. It was, it was too high. God is too holy and we are too broken and too fallen to ever achieve the holiness that was required by God. We can never get there. But he accepts us even though we're broken and even though we fall. Amen? He continues to accept us. Not only that, but we also receive in his kingdom where we receive where there's no condemnation for us, right? Instead of condemnation, matter of fact, what we get is a sharing and an inheritance of our Lord Jesus Christ. We get fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, I am never really alone. I never, I never struggle on my, on my own. There's, there's nothing I'm going to go through in this life that the Lord Jesus isn't going to be present with me. Listen, we're not just... Um, we don't just celebrate because we have an Old Testament, a Jewish faith. We celebrate because we have not only the God, the Father, but we have the Lord Jesus Christ who came to earth in, 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 as a man and, and has said and has promised to be with us. Amen? And he said he would never leave us or forsake us. Amazing. Incredible what we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Not only that, we have the fellowship of His Holy Spirit. Uh, you know what? There's too much. I'm not going to get it all. We have, we have progressive. We have transformation. We have sanctification where he's, where he's making us more and more like Him, him and He's getting rid of the, that, that brokenness and that, that sin that still resides in our hearts and resides in our minds. And he's, he's continually, day by day, He's making us new. He's given us gifts of His Holy Spirit so that we might have work to do in the church and to, be, uh, um, and to join Him in His work as He builds up the church and spreads the word of His gospel to the people around us. He's made us useful in his ministry. He's working all things together for our good. And I could do this all week, right? The things that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ, they're beyond our ability to understand, right? They're beyond us. They're more than we can comprehend, right? I could take every one of those and I could preach to you for a year and we'd never finish, right? Uh, it, incredible, the things that the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. The good thing is, he's not even done. There's more coming. When he comes back and he establishes his rule and reign on earth, when he comes for a second time, and ever, whenever he puts an end to this world and we get a transformed world and a new Jerusalem, he's going to put everything that's bad away forever. There'll be no more sin. There'll be no more trouble. There'll be no more tears. There'll be no more strife. There'll be no more racism. There'll be no more sexism. There'll be no more trouble. There'll be no more politics. All that'll go away. Amen? Lord, hasten the day. Amen? Uh, and we'll live in peace with the Lord and we'll be in his presence forever. Uh, I'm ready for that. Okay, so the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in a field. Jesus is telling a parable. This, you know, this kind of thing might have happened back in Jesus' day, right? So, you, you know, you guys have seen, seen some of this stuff that's happened where in, in uh, what's that called? Um, people, archaeology, right? Where people do archaeology and they find things that were buried and have been buried and buried upon burials and stuff. Matter of fact, I was just reading some stuff in London where they found some Slavic lord. Anybody else read that? And underneath that, they found some Roman. Okay, never mind. No one else, no one knows. It doesn't matter. So anyway, but uh, they, they find things. And so it wouldn't be uncommon, right? There, were, there weren't banks in these days. So someone who was rich and wanted to make sure no one got their, got their, got their goods, they might bury a treasure. They might take their stuff and they might bury it out in the field, and then something happened to them later on, right? And uh, and perhaps um, uh, and perhaps someone else discovered it later. It might that might have happened in Jesus' day. Um, uh, and so the picture is: is a man wanders upon a field and just happens upon a treasure that someone has left and abandoned there. And so what's he do? He, he goes and he's what's a, what's he do? He sells 
everything. He sells everything that he might obtain the treasure in the field. Okay, so here's, here's the picture. Is that this man, knowing the treasure in the, in the field and knowing it was incredibly valuable, and knowing that whoever owned the field got the treasure, went back and sold everything he had. And what does it say? There's a little prepositional phrase there that's incredibly important. In his, is it not up there? Yeah, in his joy. Yes, yeah, I thought it was there. Uh, in his joy, he sold everything he had to buy that field. See, it, it wasn't that he wanted to, he, like reluctantly, like, well, I don't know. I, you know, I hate to give up my couch for this treasure. I mean, it's really comfortable. It's been my family for 20 years. Had it covered and recovered and covered. But it, it's not like that. You know, he's, he's, he's in his joy. He's recognizing this is of greater value than what? Uh, don't, don't be shy. It's all right. We've known each other a long time. In, he, he looked at everything he had, and he looked at that field, and he said, in, this is a greater value than everything else. The, and there's no comparison. So it's not some reluctance where he's like, I don't know, it's kind of a fair trade. Maybe I'm getting a better deal. I don't know. Joyously went off, sold everything he had so that he could buy that field and have and obtain the treasure. Listen, the, the joy or the treasure in the field is this. It's the message of the gospel right? It's the hope that you and I, by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, can have everything that I've talked about this morning. Forgiveness of sin, reconciliation with our Heavenly Father, the presence of the Lord Jesus with us and His Holy Spirit at work in us for all time, the inheritance that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven after this life, and all the stuff we get before, justification, sanctification, all those great theological words, right? All of those things we have. And the, whole, and, the, and the message is this, is that the kingdom of God, the rule and the reign of God, what it brings in your life is the blessings of the Lord. And it happens through the message of the gospel that you and I can have by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, everything that God has to offer um, in him. And I don't want to make this like a consumerism kind of thing because that's not what's being expressed, is it? This is not like, like God saying, we want you to go and buy the kingdom. No, what he's saying is he wants us to treasure his kingdom. Yeah, and, and uh, matter of fact, let's go and bring that up, um, that part after Philippians uh, chapter 3 there. People who receive the kingdom treasure it more than everything else. Amen? Now listen, this is, this is hard for us as people, right? People who have, people who have received the kingdom treasure treasure it more than everything else. Yeah, that, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty, pretty incredible uh, because it's in his joy that in, and gladly sell everything so that we can get it. And, and uh, yeah, boy, just an incredible stuff. Um, but, you know, part of, the, part of the trouble we have is that as, as people is that so many times we go back to the things that we think we might miss and we think, uh, maybe, this, maybe I'm not ready to sell out. Maybe I'm not ready to give everything up. Maybe I'm struggling to let go of some things in order to ob- obtain this treasure. And in, in order to have the reign and the rule of God in my life, maybe I'm struggling to let go of some things. Let me, let me talk to you about that for just a moment. The first thing is, is that we all struggle with idolatry, every one of us, right? So when you read the Old Testament and you read about how the Jews and the tribes, of, right, the, about how the Jews struggled with idolatry for generations, don't be looking at them and saying, oh, pathetic people. No, 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 no. 
No, you and I have the same problem today. It's why the history of man throughout all the Old and New Testament is filled with idolatry because we people try to take something that is not as significant as God and stake it up as the most important thing in our life and say, this I've got to have. I get my significance from this. I get my security from this. Or, or this makes me, helps me cope. Or this gives me comfort. And we put it at, the, at, at that throne in our hearts and we say that this is the most important thing in my life. And man, what could it be? It's a jillion different things, isn't it? It's, it's relationships. It's, it's, um, it, it's, it's, a, it's power. It's money. It's a, it's a jillion different things. It's our children sometimes, right? Our, the United States is just kind of sick with that right now. But, but it, it's, a, it's a million different things. It can be a million different things that we say, this is supremely important in my life. And let me tell you how you find idolatry. Um, what is the thing that you're absolutely fret over day and night about? What is that thing that, that you wonder about, about the Lord taking away and you're scared to death that he might ask you to give that up? A lot of times in our lives, in our hearts, those are idols that we've set up, Right? It's hard for us. It's difficult for us. Um, and the Lord remembers, of course, that, that we are but dust, but, but we all kind of struggle with it. Um, in the middle of Jonah, Jonah, Jonah says this beautiful prayer after he's, you remember, he's swallowed by the fish. You remember all that? And he says, most incredible, beautiful prayer. I'm going to preach on Jonah again. I love this, this, uh, uh, I love this uh, prayer that, that Jonah utters. But in the middle of all the trouble that he's in there after he kind of refuses to follow the Lord, um, he says this in verse, Jonah chapter 2, verse 8. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs, right? Oftentimes what happens is you and I are holding on to something that we think makes us feel significant or secure or it's something we feel like we need and we put it in a place that, and it may be a good thing, but it's not the greatest thing. When you exalt a good thing to the greatest thing in your life, that's idolatry. God alone can belong there. God alone is the one who must be treasured above everything else because when he's not, eh, things are out of whack. We're not recognizing the universe for what it is, right? There's nothing that's created that, that is of greater treasure than the Lord God, amen? There's nothing, right? And we all know this and we all say this, but we all struggle with idolatry still, yeah? But when we don't, when we're still hanging on to this, God's saying, I can't, I can't move in your life. I can't do this with you. You're forfeiting the grace, that I would put upon your life if you would move this idol out of the way and you would treasure me above all else, right? Yeah, you forfeit the grace that could be yours whenever we hold on to idolatry. That's incredibly profound, isn't it, Jonah said, from the belly of a fish. That's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, I'd be thinking, man, let me out of here. I don't know if I'd come up with anything that good. But anyway, um, because we know these things, right? These things, these things that we set up that are idols, they interfere with our relationship with the God. They get us confused about where we should be seeking, where we should be serving. And, and above all, it gets us confused about what we should be loving, what we should be treasuring, right? It's why God taught the Israelites very early on in their nationhood, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Above everything else, with every, every fiber of your being, every, everything that makes you a conscious person, love him above everything else is, is the command. And it's th- this, this passage in Matthew chapter 13 is just an extension of that, to value him above all else because God is worth it. Amen? Amen. All right, so... Um, you know, part of the other thing is, is that it's not only that kind of cling to idols that, kind of, kind of, that we, we have trouble with with this verse, especially when it says that he gave up everything. Um, the, but here's the next thing. The thing that it's saying here is that we can lose everything 
with joy if we gain Christ. All right. Um, so uh, the, the next thing, well, yeah, here, here we go. Um, I had a friend of mine who, you remember the Chris Tomlin song, uh, Enough? I, I won't sing it for you because, um, well, anyway. Um, the, you remember the song, the lyrics go, all of you is, say it with me, more than enough for all of me, for every thirst and every need, right? I had a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, um, whose wife was struggling with cancer. And uh, there was a time that they didn't know how long they would have her. And I remember I was t- he and I were on a road trip somewhere. I can't remember where we were going. But anyway, he and I were on a road trip somewhere. And I was talking about that song and how great it was. And, and he was at a point in his life, a place in his life where he couldn't hear it. He said, I don't know if God is enough. I, I don't know really if he's enough. If I lose my wife, I don't know if God is enough. Listen, let me, as, you know, and I'll, I'll, I know you're like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the thing is that, listen, if, it, if that kind of struggle hasn't happened in your life, listen, hold on. I, there are very few people who get out of this existence without that kind of struggle for their faith. Amen? Are, are you with me? As a matter of fact, there isn't one of us here today that isn't a phone call away from that situation, right? None of us. And so what do we do? We run around like, you know, chickens with our head cut off. What do we do? We're fretting about everything. No, we trust in the goodness of the Lord. We trust in our treasured king that somehow, way, he's going to see us through no matter how great things are or how terrible we think our lives are, that we trust still in our treasured king. Amen? Yeah. So, so but, but let me tell you, I want to be real honest with you. This is a real struggle. Right? And you and I as believers have to be really careful to let God do in those people who are having those kind of struggles and let them wrestle with him, right? The wrestling match is, it doesn't involve us necessarily. We're there to support. We're there to encourage, right? So you have someone who something tragic has happened in their life. The last thing you need to say is, you know, well, God's enough. It, you know, it's, it's going to be all right. No, 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 no. There's, God has much more in mind than some trite little answer for our, our, our problems, right? He has in mind a much long, he's got a much bigger window, and he's got a journey that everyone, he's called every one of us to, and for the most part, virtually every believer is going to go through a, a, a trial in their life of incredible suffering. Yeah. I, yeah, I, don't, want, I don't like it. I, I, I wish it weren't that way, but in this life, this is, this is coming for us all. As a matter of fact, you know, and I don't know about you, but Brent and I are, you know, I don't know, we're mid-aged, middle-aged, maybe a little past, uh, middle-aged, and we talk about this. You know, we talk about the time, I, I don't want to live without you. But it's coming for one of us probably, right? It, it's tragic, it's terrible, and, and there are terrible losses that happen on this planet because of sin. I mean, there are some terrible losses out of it. People lose, things happen to people that shouldn't happen, that we would all stand up and say, it's not right, it's not just. Someone loses a spouse. Someone suffers the consequences of divorce. Someone suffers because they've lost a child or a parent. And what would we do? We'd say, yeah, it's terrible, it's horrible, it shouldn't be this way. And the question is, though, through all of that is, and listen, this is a process. You don't get there in a day, right? You don't lose your husband or wife, and then the next day say, well, praise the Lord, everything's good. No, you don't get there in a day. But over a period of time, as you remember and you reflect and you think about the goodness of God, you remember and you think, you know what? 
He's carried me through other things. He'll carry me through this. Amen? And we come back to the point that says, I can trust him, I can hope in him, and I can praise him again. But it's a process, isn't it? You've been through that? Anybody been through that? You've been through that process where you have real struggles, you have real struggles in your faith about, about whether or not the Lord's still good. And so here's the problem, right? We're trying to reconcile these two things. God, I know you're sovereign. And God, I know you love me. So why, what, did you let this happen? right? Listen, if you haven't gone through it, the chances are really good for you that you will. And so you and I are trying to reconcile, God, you're sovereign and you're good, and I don't understand this tragedy. I don't understand this suffering. Make sense of it for me, and sometimes the sense doesn't come. All that there can be sometimes on the back end of that is the Lord God coming to you and saying, I'm worth it, right? I'm worth all the suffering, I'm worth all the struggle. I'm worth the loss. And in the end, if you lose all those things, but you have me, you're better off. True. Mm. Listen, now listen. It, it is easy for us to hear and it is hard to go through. Amen? It is hard for us to go through. And so let me just give you a little bit. So you got someone in your life who's like that. Man, sometimes the best thing you can do is sit and to weep with them. And not, sometimes the best thing to do is not to open your mouth and say, you know what, you're just going to have to get over this. It's just going to be all right. No, listen, you, you, there's sometimes that the best thing you can do is realize is that the Lord is doing something in their life and he's going to have to be the one to bring healing. Amen? It, 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 that, it, that's, that's how it happens most of the time is that people just go through it. And, but listen, what happens on the other side of that? Listen, Brent, oh, goodness gracious, here we go. Brent and I have struggled too. We've struggled in our marriage. We've struggled with our finances. We've struggled with the daughter who has a disability. We've struggled with all those things we have. And there's been times that we've had doubts. We've been times we've said, Lord, where is your goodness? Where are you? You're sovereign and you love me, so why am I struggling? And, and listen, for us, for a, lot, lots, for, for a large part, one of the things that we've struggled through most is we have an idea about what our life is going to be back, be like, and how our children are going to be. And then we have a daughter, Rebecca, who's born with a disability. We say, Lord, this is, not the, this is not the view. This is not the dream we had. This is not the view of our life that we had. We didn't, we didn't foresee this struggle that we would have with this, with this child. And so for a large part, the thing that we had to deal with was the death of a dream, the, dread, the death of a view of a different life than what we'd anticipated. And I know there are a lot of you who go through that. Amen. It may not even be the death, the physical death of a person. It may just be this is a different life than the one I thought I was signing up for right? And that is a struggle. It, it is difficult. But listen, we have a treasured king who says, if you gain me, you can get through any of the rest of this. If you've got me, you can lose everything else because having me is greater than anything else in this life. Do you believe that? It's hard. It is hard to believe when you're going through it. But listen, ultimately, the Lord Jesus is bringing you through that time that you can trust him again, and you can put your faith and your hope in him again, that you and I will see the goodness of the Lord. Amen? That's what the psalmist says, that I will see the goodness of the Lord. Let me, let me end like this. We have uh, Job chapter 13. Job had a little trouble, didn't he? Job lost um, everything, right? Job lost everything, kind of in the middle of his struggle, and, and, right, and no explanation why, right? Job's in the middle, and there is incredible confusion about what is going on. And there is no answer. Matter of fact, his friends come along and most of them have caused more trouble for him than they do good. There's one part in there that says that his friends sat with him in silence. 
the best thing they did for the entire book. The rest of the time, virtually, almost always, they were just causing more confusion. Didn't help at all. All right, so, uh, you know what? We're going to go through Job sometime. But anyway, uh, but in Job chapter 13, verse 15, just the first part, Job said this about God. Though he slay me, yet, what? Read it with me. Yet will I hope in him. What? Can, yeah, so... Here's, here's Job struggling with this idea about why am I suffering? And he says, but, and he recognizes, as a matter of fact, he says, the Lord brings calamity. He's recognizing that God's sovereign and he could put it into all of this. And he says, though you slay me, though the Lord injures me, though he's the one who's brought this about, right, I will hope in him. Incredible. Didn't happen in a day. Some of us, it doesn't happen in months. Some of us, it doesn't happen for years. But to come around and be able to say, yet I will hope in him, yet I will believe in him, yet I will treasure him above all else, including above my loss, is a beautiful refinement of our faith. A beautiful refinement of our faith that is worth more than gold. Amen. That's, that's how the New Testament refers to it. That refining of our faith is worth more than gold. What I've passed out for you this morning is from a song written from Job chapter 13. This is by Shane and Shane. Shane Bernard lost his father at an early age and, and uh, either wrote, I think he wrote this song. It's sung by several other people, but um, now performs a song. It's on, one of their, it's on their new album. So just could we go ahead and play that? And, and I know I'm a little over time. I apologize. You got a roast in the oven. Man, I am sorry. I like it really well done. I hope you do. Um, so anyway, we're just going to take just, I think this is a four-minute song. What I want to ask you to do is just to, to listen to these words, listen about, the, about, about living through the struggle and on the other side of it, still having hope and rejoicing in the Lord. Can, can we do that? I come, I come, return to the Lord, the one who's broken, the one who's torn me apart. Strike down to bind me up. You say you do it all in love. That I might know you in your suffering. And though you say me, yet I will praise you. Though you take. 
close like this. Would you bow your heads and, and close your eyes for just a moment? Um, boy, it's a, it is a beautiful, precious thing to our God when you and I can go through suffering, intense suffering, even the, 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 the suffering that shakes us, shakes our faith to its foundation, when we can walk with him anyway and come out on the other side and say, yet, Lord, you are my treasured king. Yet, Lord, you are enough. I don't usually do this. I don't want to tell you how to worship, but if, if that's you this morning, if you relate to this this morning, I would just want to invite you. Would you just lift your hands for a moment and just confess that with me? Lord, you are enough. Would you do that with me? Lord, you are enough. Amen. Amen. Lord, be honored, be glorified by your people who have recognized you as the great treasure, the treasure in the field that we long for above everything else, that, that though, Lord, you take things away from us, though things leave our uh, whether you've orchestrated or not, and, and as confusing as all that might be to us, Lord God, that we can look up from the other side of it and we can say, yet I trust you, I will worship you, I have hope in you still. Lord, I, I just pray that you would be honored and glorified by that kind of faith found in your people, that you're working uh, for their good. We thank you, Lord. Be honored and glorified by our lives. Be honored and glorified by these statements of faith, by these precious people um, who who've walk with you even in the difficulties of life. It's in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom and for whom are all things. Amen. 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 Lord bless you. Thanks for being here. Love you guys.